today, I want to request my pastors to give me some authority just for a while. Maybe you'll discover the dictator in me. At the end of this service, at the end of this service, I'm assuming they have given me, by the way, at the end of this service, the ushers should wait until I go out first. Because I want to watch each one of you as you walk, and you will walk in a single file. I want to see how each one of you is going to walk out of this church. Now, people are scared. Because I want to know the style with which you walk. I want to know your walking style as you walk out of this church. Now, people are shocked, eh? Praise the Lord. No, we don't dictate in the church. Praise the Lord. But I just want to explain. I know some of you now... What's wrong with Brother Kenneth today? Why is he interested in the walking style? I hope God will reveal to us in a short while. This day, we want to share on the subject of Christian styles of walking. Praise the Lord. Father, we thank you, we bless you, and we honor your word. Speak to us as you have chosen today. Speak to us as you have determined today. May your name be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Sometimes the topics, when we begin to mention them, they become a bit sensitive. And that is why I was just bringing a spin to the whole thing. I'm not keen to know how you walk. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So don't, don't look over your shoulders and say, where's Mr. Brother Kenneth first before you start walking? <laughs> just be free, walk. I'm not interested in your physical walking style. Praise the Lord. I'm not interested in your physical walking style. I want us to share about our spiritual walking style. Praise the Lord. So be free to walk the way God has uh, enabled you. And if you have some spring in your foot because of the life and the gift of salvation that you have, why not? Praise the Lord. You can go ahead and be proud. Paul says he's proud just for one thing. Praise the Lord. Not because of what he has, not because of the possession, but because he belongs to this household of faith. Praise the Lord. Amos 3, 3. Shall two walk together unless they are agreed? Shall two walk together unless they are agreed? Now, that supposes, it's not our main text, but I'm just uh, mentioning a few things. That verse supposes that people are already in motion, they are walking. They are walking. But the kind of walk that the Bible is talking about here is not the relocation from one position to another as such in the physical it is speaking about the movement in the spiritual realm. Shall two walk together unless they are agreed? In your spiritual realm, 
are you in agreement? That's what the Bible is speaking to. But it's using the symbolism of physical uh, work because then we understand better. Because it's rare that you'll find President Zelensky walking with Putin and smiling. If you call them on the same table today, one of them may refuse to show up because they are not in agreement. Praise the Lord. And so it is important for us to understand when the Bible is talking about being agreed, it is in the, in the spiritual realm that we are in unison. Genesis 5:24. We start from 21. And Enoch lived 65 years and beget Methuselah. And Enoch walked with God after he beget Methuselah 300 years. So in all, up to this point, he has walked 365 years with the Lord. And he begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Verse 24, and Enoch walked with God and he was not, for God took him. Praise the Lord. Somebody mentioned that some time back here while ministering to us, that they walked with God and he was, found, he was not found. And the, the illustration that was given, we were given an example of a given people in Nigeria who, when they love one another so much, they keep escorting each other. So they behave like a pendulum, moving from one side to another as they escort each other. And the stories never end. Why? Because they are sharing some things in common. And those things bind them together. They find common ground in which to discuss issues. Such was the relationship between Enoch and God. When God, you know, people are wondering how could God walk around. But the Bible tells us in Genesis, he used to visit Adam in the cool of day. Praise the Lord. So the Lord takes some time from his throne of grace and mercy and says there is a son of mine there down there on earth. I need to give him a special visit. And he only does to those that he shares he has got an agreement with. People he is in agreement with. He comes to share with them such moments. And because he's omnipresent, he shares this presence, his presence with so many at any given time. Praise the Lord. So don't give excuses and say, maybe it is not my turn. You can always be the one that is visiting each and every given moment. So Enoch walked with God and he had cultivated such a relationship with God that encouraged the Lord Almighty to have time, to set time apart for him and to come and fellowship with him. Just like before the fall, Adam and Eve had cultivated some time with the Lord, such that God found an enabling environment at that time to come and fellowship with them. I'm asking you, do you have some special time for God in your life? Where, if God came at that time, he would ask, where is my son? Because God came in the book of Genesis and asked Adam, 
where are you? He was expecting him at that moment. Is there a time in your life as a child of God where God wants to have a chat with you, to walk with you in your life, and he comes and he always finds you in your place? We need to think about it. Create some time in your life, an appointed moment in your life. When that time reaches, you are so uncomfortable to be elsewhere, but rather to be where you always interact with the Lord. Praise the Lord. That is the basis of altars. People were setting up altars where they were offering sacrifices because the moment they reached that altar, it gave them that feeling that in the place of doing whatever sacrifices they had to do. So you as an individual, you can set up your own time as a child of God and say, I have my moment. I have my 3.30 in the morning. I have my uh, 4 o'clock in the morning. I have my 4.30 in the morning when I have to be awake and listen to my God, speak to my Father, talk to Him, and just have a chat with Him. Praise the Lord. I know the Middle East has got some bag, sleeping bag, that sometimes you find people sleeping even when it's not necessary. Especially in the afternoons. After eating, everybody wants to sleep. I don't know what is wrong with the food in the Middle East. But I also found that I also keep dozing every after meal in the afternoon. So I tend to avoid meals at midday. Praise the Lord. Now, I'm not saying this to give excuse why we will not offer you meal on Saturday. But I'm saying this so that you understand there is a time that you need to set apart in your life. I don't want to set it for you. It is your relationship with God that is going to dictate what time it will be. Praise the Lord. The same way you relate to your friends, you tell them, let's meet in this place for a cup of coffee at this time. And probably every Saturday you do that. You set your own time of meeting that is, is agreeable to you. And that's the time that you need to be in the presence of God. Now, I'm talking about that time because that's the work that we want to have as children of God. We want to have a relationship with God, a lifestyle with God that ensures that there is motion in our spiritual life that motion which we are referring to as walk is such that it is building us and driving us to a new level. First Kings 19.19. So he departed thence and found Elisha the son of Shaphat who was plowing with the twelfth yoke of oxen before him, and he with the twelfth, with the twelfth, and Elijah passed by him and cast his mantle upon him. And he left the seven oxen and ran after Elijah and said, Let me, I pray thee, kiss my father, my mother, and then I will follow thee. And he said unto the, him, Go back again, 
for what have I done to thee? And he returned back from him and took a yoke of oxen, slew them, and boiled their flesh with the instruments of the oxen and gave unto the people, and they did eat. Then he rose and went after Elijah and ministered unto him. God was speaking to us through these two characters and showing us some of the things that must be done when we decide to walk with him. Elisha had business. He was a rich man. He was a farmer. And he was plowing his land. And uh, the Bible tells us this probably it indicates this was his profession. Because when he was found, that was what was, he was doing. He was plowing. But when the touch, when the invitation to be in the presence of the man of God came forth, Elisha made a decision. He decided, this is it. This is the final call, and I'm going for it. What did he do? He chose to abandon everything. The Bible says, so that there was no ambiguity, the man went and slaughtered the animals. He didn't want to hear the mowing of animals because they would attract his attention again. He decided this must go. And if that was not enough, even the yolks, that the, the, the ones that he used to cook, to boil the meat, he didn't want anything, any trace of his past to distract him from the relationship he was starting with Elijah. Are we in a position to look back and say, Oh Lord, yes, since I ever decided to follow you, I've never looked back again to desire the things that I used to do. This man of God decided, if it is working with the man of God, then I've got to do away with everything in the past and decide to go forward. And that's what he did. Most of us are familiar with this story. We know how many other prophets tried to discourage him in working with Elijah. They tried to convince him it was not prudent because the man was going to leave him. But he said, I have to see it with my own eyes. And the more he remained persistent, the more he became emboldened. The Bible tells us that at the time Elijah is being taken away, uh, this man had sought for a special favor from Elijah. He said, I want a double portion of what you have. I pray that in your life as a child of God, as you continue walking with the Lord, there will be a cry deep within your heart. Oh God, I don't want you to leave me the same way I found you or I came to you, or you called me. I want to be at a new level than I have ever been before. That was the cry and that was the desire in the life of Elijah. As he walked, he didn't want to listen to any other story. He knew there was something he was seeking. He wanted to find something deeper in this walk. I pray that every child of God that is listening to this word today will be convicted in their lives that in the walk that you have had with God, there's a lot that God wants to reveal into your life. There's a lot that God wants to bring your way. But it's because of the many things that you're still holding on to. The many things that still attract you back from where you've come. The many things that you compare and you feel probably that is better than what you had. The children of Israel had the same trouble that we are having today. As they were walking towards Canaan, some of them were known to be complaining 
every time. Were there no graves in Egypt? How can you desire for a grave? Beyond the grave, whether you are, whether you are put in a swampy ground or a dry ground, you are dead. The bottom line is you are dead. Whether people say he was buried in a very good way, he was buried in a very wonderful way, it doesn't bring any single minute back to you. You are gone. Praise the Lord. And so God wants us to reach a point to realize there has been a transformation in our lives that is so fundamental that wants to usher us into a new realm where our walk with him is going to be defined in a new way. We are going to discover him in a new plane in our lives that will bring us to a new beginning. So Elisha decided to forsake everything. Another person we look at and we see a similar decision is Daniel. Daniel, in the book of Daniel, we come across a young man again who makes a decision in his life. Daniel 1.8, he makes another fundamental decision in his life because he wants to be close to God. He doesn't want to veer away from the path that God has charted for him in his life. And so, although so much has been provided before him and the choices of the foods around, Daniel says, the Bible says in verse 8, but, but Daniel, but Daniel, you can say, but Kenneth, eh, but Kenneth has purposed, but Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. There has to be a decision in your life as a child of God that despite all the many things that are around me, the many favors that I stand to, to benefit from, I have made a choice that I want to be close to God. It doesn't matter what the pain is going to be. Now, there is, there is a... There is some vegetable in my, our tradition. It's very bitter. It's very bitter. I think it was medicinal, but we didn't know. We were just eating it. Now, if somebody offered you meat and that one, you'd, you'd quickly go for meat. And I'm sure Daniel has been put in such a situation where is to choose between the good things that are available and the thing that looks like it's not good. But he says, if it means me being close to God, walking in sync with God, the purposes of God, I choose these bitter leaves. I will eat these ones rather than feed on the meat and perish. There has to be a decision in your life as a child of God that you want to walk with God. Not just coming to church. Not just having a nice time among Christians. But having a personal experience with God that will transform your life completely. Praise the Lord. And many others, Noah also, was found to be close with God. And his work with God was approved of God. In that evil generation, Noah was saved. Praise the Lord. 
God wants to deliver each one of us from many, many, many things that probably the whole world is experiencing. But because we have not chosen, we have not made up our mind to really align our ways with the Lord, to align our work with Him, He's finding it difficult to share with us some of those things. Somebody's looking at me and saying, but it's God, He can just share. No, God has got some I don't know how to describe it. A relation that he develops with somebody that becomes so unique. One time, the angels of God were going to Sodom and Gomorrah. They were going to destroy the land. They made a mistake. They took the wrong road. They walked close by Abraham's house. And then God realized, oh, 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 oh I'm just about to pass my friend's house. Will I go and do this thing before sharing with him? That's the relationship that God wants to have with you. Where God, it troubles him that he's about to do something without informing you what he's about to do. Somebody's saying, Kenneth, you're stretching it too far. The Bible says in the book of Amos that he will not do anything before he reveals to his servants the prophets. Praise the Lord. He reveals, it is his desire to make it known to you and me that this is the plan of God in this time, in this place, in this church. That's his desire. And it troubles him when he knows there is a faithful servant in this, in this congregation. There's somebody who has had a relationship with him that is so unique, so personal, and he's about to do it without revealing it to him. It troubles God. Are you among those who desire that you have that kind of relationship with God? Where the Lord Almighty, before he does something, he's checking on his list. Have I told so and so? Have I told so and so? Does he know I'm about to do this? Am I on that list? Am I on that role where God is troubled in his spirit, where he wants to know Unless so-and-so knows, unless so-and-so knows, don't do it. He tells the angels, don't do it until they are informed. That's the relationship that God wants to have with us. Praise the Lord. Because there's a lot that he wants to do in our lives. But he finds that we are so, so distant from him that he finds it difficult to effect that relationship with, with us. Praise the Lord. So somebody's asking, but brother, you told us you want to talk about the styles of walking. Yes, I was just talking in general. So I want to start with the styles of walking, which I want to see in the Christians in the bread of life. Praise the Lord. So are you ready? Are you ready? I want to teach you new styles of walking. I want to remind you the styles that God wants you to know about walking. The first style of walking, Ephesians 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Let's start from verse 1. The Bible says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. With all lowliness and meekness, 
with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Then, verse 4, he goes, he says, There is one body, there is one Spirit, even as ye, ye are called in one hope of your calling. Verse 5, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in all and you all. Why is God repeating the word one, 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 one? He's talking about unity. The singularity in our faith. Praise the Lord. Now, all these things sound good, and we want to speak about them. But I want to tell you there is a, tro a, a troubling a discovery I made while I was thinking about reflecting over this. It is true, you cannot unite people who are not united. But it's more difficult to unite somebody to another if that person is disunited himself. What am I talking about? There are people in their own life. They have never held themselves together and known what they really want in the presence of God. They are torn in their mind. They want this. They want to follow God, and yet they want this again. They are holding on to various different things in their life at any given time. So there's no singularity in, of purpose in their life. Such people are difficult even to unite with the others in the church. You don't even love yourself. You don't accept yourself as being okay. How can you accept others? It's difficult. That's what some people are going through. Coming to a point where they say, I am a child of God. I'm letting everything go. The reason is, simple reason for such kind of problem. You have not let everything go. You are still holding on some things. And that's why those things are fighting against the general desire in your heart. Paul says, the things I want to do, I do not. But the things I don't want to do, I find myself doing them. Because there were some things, some struggles within him. I pray for you and for myself that we find ourselves in the presence of God, having accepted that we are now new creation in him. We have been transformed. We have been changed. It's no longer us that live, but Christ lives in us. Then, when Christ lives in me and Christ lives in you, it is possible for us to be one. Praise the Lord. But as long as Christ is, is not taking charge of our lives, individual lives, it's difficult. Do you know that some people, if you laugh, they think you're laughing at them. If you come to shake their hand, they are wondering, why is he shaking my hand today? If you tell the person, you are smartly dressed, the person starts looking at himself, what's wrong with me? You have told them you are looking smart, but they say, what is wrong with me? 
So and so must have seen something wrong with me. People with such troubled spirits. I don't want you to raise up your hand if you are one. Praise the Lord. But we know ourselves. Let's get to a point where we let go everything in our lives at the feet of Jesus Christ. Let him deal with us thoroughly. And then he deals with my other brother, Brother Cedric, thoroughly. He deals with dwelling thoroughly. Then we will find a common ground with us. Praise the Lord. When I come to tell him, brother, I love you, he knows I'm, it's from my heart. Praise the Lord. But as long as there are some things, some friction within me, we will never agree. And that is where we want to be, walking in unity with Christ. And what does it entail? Lowliness and gentleness. Moses was found to be the meekest person in the world. And you see God made him an instrument in his household. Praise the Lord. The Bible has talked of long-suffering, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Endeavoring to keep the unity. It is a deliberate decision. You are working on it until it works. Praise the Lord. The fact that I've differed with a brother does not mean this one. Somebody said, I, I like, I didn't know that it was even in Nigeria also. Also in my village, the history tells me that we came from somewhere in the Central Africa there. In my village, maybe we were sharing this. In my village, there are women sometimes, they differ and they say, let me just use fake names now. Teresia and Makurita. So Teresia says, my difference and Makurita, only God will solve in heaven. Of course, you'll not be there. <laughs> as long as there's that difference, <laughs> you're disqualifying yourself. Please, it is my duty and your duty to make sure that that unity comes back. Praise the Lord. If we have got to walk with God in unity, we must first walk with ourselves in unity. Let me purpose. The Bible is saying, long-suffering, endeavoring to keep unity of the Spirit it says, with loneliness and meekness, with long-suffering. It is suffering when you are planning how you are going to reconcile with somebody. You don't just go there smiling. You have to fight yourself first. It's a big war. And then overcome yourself. And then convince yourself this person is wonderful. Again, it takes some days. And then convince this person is a wonderful brother. And then convince yourself he didn't mean to hurt me. It will take time. Praise the Lord. So it is long-suffering. You have to endeavor to work on it until it comes to pass. Praise the Lord. So the differences we see among us ourselves is because we have held on them instead of working on them. Praise the Lord. Let us be united. Why are we getting united? Let's look at two verses. John 17, 21. Why is it important for us to do that? John 17, 21. Then we'll also look at Acts chapter 2. And we see the benefits of us being in unity. John 17, 21 says this. Let me start from 20. 
this is Jesus Christ praying for the believers. Neither pray I for this alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through the, their word, that they all may be one, as thou, Father, art in me and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. Your unity in faith is a powerful ministration to the world that Christ has done some work in you. Praise the Lord. When the world sees that unity. In Acts 2, verse 1 to 4, we are familiar with this. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord, in one place. Suddenly, there came a sound from heaven as of rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them doven, doven, uh, cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each one of them. Suppose these people were not in one accord. Suppose they were not in unity. What would have happened? Because the Bible says, on the day of Pentecost, so there was a day God had set aside. On the day of Pentecost, when it was fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. Suppose they were not in one accord. Would those cloven tongues have appeared? There would have not been such an experience. It is important for that unity to be there. Let us walk in unity. Praise the Lord. Some of the enemies of unity is competition, unnecessary competition. We have been talking about the body of Christ and saying that the eye cannot claim to be better than the hands. And that is one thing that we must also work on. There is a temptation, a natural desire in a human being to be better than the other. And they want always to show that they, are, they have done better than the other. Please, let us crucify that man. Praise the Lord. Every morning, we must crucify that man and cause him to be, to be on the cross every morning. Now, if you crucify something, it is dead. True or false? I like those kind of questions in, in the exam because you don't write much. Just tick. True or false? Yes or no? They are very good. So I'm making it easy for you. If you are crucified on the cross, your movement is restrained, isn't it? It's really restrained. You can't, you can't, you can't move. And, and that is what the Bible is talking about because when we crucify this old man, it means he cannot move. When people see him move, they know you have removed him from the cross. You have let him free. He cannot let himself free. It is you who is letting him free. So be careful. Number two, style. So there are those of us who are short of the walking in love. Then we have got another style of walking. 
I wish you keep changing styles so that all of them you embrace. Another walking style, walking as a new man. Uh, Ephesians 4.17. Ephesians 4.17. The Bible goes further in the same, same chapter and says in verse 17, This I say therefore, this I say therefore, and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. But ye have not learned Christ. But ye have not so learned Christ. Praise the Lord. So there is another style that ought not to be part of the Christians. The styles with which the Gentiles walk. We ought not to walk like them. And the Bible has listed down some of the things that we need to veer off from. That we should not be, have a darkened mind. A darkened mind. Okay? We need to be renewed in our mind, the thinking of our mind, by the word of God. I came to discover, sometimes, when I listen to certain songs for some time, even when I'm sitting somewhere, I find my, my leg tapping to that tune. The song is not there, but it is tapping. An interesting one is here. We had a president for in our country. And many people used to talk very negative things about him. But somehow he had a revelation that music was a powerful tool. So they used to sing a song, Tawala Kenya, Tawala, Tawala Kenya, Tawala, in his praise. So we did, many of us didn't like it. But sometimes even when you are just alone, you would find yourself singing that song. And then you realize, oh, 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 I'm praising the man that I don't like. <laughs> what am I saying? Let us renew our mind with the word of God. Pump in the word of God. Allow it to come in more and more. Until it goes into the inner man. So that even when you are sleeping, you wake up praying. You wake up speaking the word of God. Let it always ring in your mind. That is why you will find it very difficult. When somebody steps on your toe, you will find it very difficult to say, Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Instead, you will say, Hallelujah, brother, you are stepping on me. Especially if it's not a lady with that sharp shoe. <laughs> I'm always careful when I'm going in a, a, a public bus especially where people have got to stand, I look at the feet of people first. Because if there's a lady with that sharp thing, <laughs> you know how much pain you're going to feel when they, they land on you. Eh? Yeah. Praise the Lord. So we need to allow the word of God to renew us. And then we will walk even in our relationship with the people in the manner of a new person. 
we will know how to engage people. When they annoy us, we are not so furious. We are not blowing up until they start saying, even the people of Bread of Life react like this. You know, some of these people know that you come in Bread of Life. They know you are a child of God. And when you, you behave in a different way, you mean even a child of God does this? Because they are seeing the work of the Gentiles in you. They are not seeing the, the work of the children of the kingdom. Praise the Lord. There has to be a transformation in us. Okay? The work of the Gentiles has got vanity in it. Darkened mind, understanding. Technically, we are alienated from God. And there's blindness of the heart. 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, is a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, everything is new. Romans 12.1, as you continue, is where you are being renewed in your mind. Praise the Lord. So, let us seek that we walk in this manner of a renewed mind, of a renewed people, of a renewed purpose in line with the word of God. That will make us walk right and as the children of the light. Praise the Lord. Walking, the third walking style. Walking in love. Walking in love. Praise the Lord. God is love. So, if we are children of God, you know, some of these children in the day, Friday school, I laugh when I look at them. Hmm? Now, I'll use an example of somebody who cannot uh, mess me up. <laughs> if you look at uh, Brother Marcus' son, if he's walking in that direction, you see Marcus age, age 16. You can see the way he used to walk. Praise the Lord. If you see David, you see Pastor Dennis walking. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So, if the nature of God is in us, the nature of love is in us, you will find the love being displayed in our life. Praise the Lord. And that's the style of life that we need to live, walk in this world with. Ephesians 5. I think uh, that was verse 1. Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and has given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling server. Praise the Lord. As a Christian, I walk in love. I attract fellowship. I attract fellowship. This is the year of fellowship. Praise the Lord. You know, it amazes me, these young children, that the ones who can tell you whether you are a loving person or not. Do you know why I'm saying that? A small child, you will see him running to somebody, and he sees another, child, another person, he runs away. <laughs> they have got a spirit of saving the person who loves them and the person who doesn't love them. So it is our campaign now as adults to allow ourselves to have that nature of God in us. 
And then the body of Christ will experience the same love as we fellowship with them. Praise the Lord. First John 3, 1, I think that's part of our... It says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us. So the love has been bestowed upon you. So you can walk in that style. But some of us have refused. That we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Allow the nature of God to blossom in you. The love of God to be displayed in your life. It will reach out to many people and many around you will be blessed. Mind the kind of relationships you keep. Mind the manner you talk to one another. Because in that, if you continue reading below in Ephesians, you will see it also talking about the, the kind of talk that is expected from a child of God. There should be no coarse talking. There should be no foolish or coarse talking. There should be no filthiness in our, our, our talk. Praise the Lord. So you have a responsibility on how you internalize the things you hear. You have a responsibility on, on your, your degree of obedience to the word of God. And then you will walk in the love of God. Walking in the light. Ephesians 5.8. Ephesians 5.8. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as the children of light. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now ye are the children of light. There is a fellowship in the light. Uh, excuse me. For ye, ye were sometimes darkness, but now ye are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, providing, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. So, the things that we pick from here, do not be a partaker of the works of darkness. Allow the light of God to expose who you really are. Without light, you may not distinguish between good and evil. And therefore, I went further to share a few things here. There's fellowship in the light. Now, if suddenly the whole of this place became dark, I wanted to visualize that. It became dark. No light. We can't see each other. And somebody started moving around and he touched you like this. What is your first reaction? Do you hold the hand of that person? You step. You move away. Because you can't see the person. 
So darkness has got a way where there is no light. There's a way where people begin to move away from one another. But we say the word of God will shed light in our lives. If we allow the word of God to dwell in us richly, it enlightens us. It makes us to have a better understanding of how to relate to one another. And that will enable us to walk in the right way as the children of light. The light will enable you to know what is acceptable before God. Light will enable you to expose the works of darkness. Sometimes we end up walking in manner to suggest that we are not changed because the light of God is not in us and we're not walking as the children of light. Finally, walking in wisdom. Walking in wisdom. Everybody desires to be wise. And that is why when I was growing up, one of the things that made us to fight so much, you know, some of you look at me and you see a very cool guy. And that's why I don't like talking about my past so much. Because some of you will run away and say, ah, is this the man who usually speaks to us? <laughs> so the issue of fighting, somebody would come and tell you, don't be stupid. You know, limited understanding of language is very bad. So you are calling me stupid. And that will just spark a very huge war. You find the whole school now is messed up because somebody told another one, don't be stupid. But Kenneth interpreted that you are calling me stupid. <laughs> so, so we all want to be wise. If somebody says, ah, clever man, you will never fight. An intelligent man, you'll never fight. Even if he's mocking you. You just, ah, okay, okay, okay. I'm intelligent, I'm bright. And you know yourself. So we all want to be wise. And we need this wisdom from above. Praise the Lord. And if we walk in the wisdom of God, if we walk in the wisdom of God, then we find ourselves being in the right place at every given time. The choices we make are the best choices that can be made in the circumstances that we have. Wise is not being clever. Wisdom is not being clever. Wisdom is having the ability to interpret the circumstances you are in and make the best out of it. And I've always told you, the professors in business schools drive very funny vehicles. And then the dropouts from the business schools are the ones running the big farms in the world. He just went there, listened to the professor a few hours and said, this man is talking a lot of things. I don't want this. I want to go and work. So he used wisdom to develop himself the professor is using intelligence to teach how to develop himself. Some of you don't agree with me because you are passionate about education. <laughs> but those are the facts of life. <laughs> if education was to make people rich, the professors in the business school, of Harvard, is it Harvard or where? <laughs> they, they will be the, the, the richest people in the world. But they are not. Praise the Lord. 
there is a wisdom that comes from above that surpasses our intellectual ability. That wisdom turns things around. If a child of God knows how to walk in that wisdom, he does better. Praise the Lord. Even in the spiritual things, we do better if we learn to abide in the wisdom of God. That's the style we need to walk in. Ephesians 5.15, Seeing then that ye walk circumspectively, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding that the will of the Lord is, what the will of the Lord is. Now, the word wise, wise has been repeated there, and it's deliberate. God wants you to tap into his wisdom. Praise the Lord. He wants you to tap into his wisdom. Daniel tapped into that wisdom. And that is why he rose, he rose, he rose. From a slave to a ruler. Joseph tapped into that wisdom. From a slave to a ruler. Praise the Lord. And that is what God wants us to experience. Children of God, There is a manner in which we walk as children of God that denies us so much from the presence of our Father. But it's important for you to sit down and begin to assess the manner in which you relate with God. This work that I've been talking about has been about a relationship with God, a fellowship with God. Just before I finish, I told you my past, my past, I thank God. I thank the Lord Jesus Christ because he took it away. How many loved the films, James Bond series? Hey. Just raise up your hand. You, you are no longer there. James Bond. So there was one of the main actors, James Bond, uh, Sin Connery. I think he's dead now. The style in which he used to walk You know, every time looking on his shoulder like this, even me, I used to walk in school looking on my shoulder because I wanted to be James Bond. <laughs> I want us to be wise as our father. Look on our shoulders, wise as our father. Praise the Lord. Desire to be like our father then we shall begin to tap into the secret things of God. And he will lead us in the best way possible in circumstances we have. May God bless you so much. Hallelujah. Amen. I just asked a simple question. What's style of walking have you adopted? Is it the style that you are going to Lulu here, you decide to go from here to Kuru and come out here? You need to take the kind of walk that even human beings will see and they will appreciate God in your life. So what type of style of walking do you intend to take now that you have heard today's message? Can God find that kind of decision you are making worthy to work with you? 
Do you have that kind of wisdom? Or are you taking the wise decision that God will make, that God will take decision to work with you? Do you have anything along with you that can be drawing you back, that can affect the way you are working? Brethren, what style are you choosing from today onward? There's need for you to walk in unity. But you need to ask yourself, are you ready to walk in unity with others? Are you ready to renew yourself as you have heard this message? Are you ready? Are you ready to walk in love? Are you walking in darkness? You need to bring yourself back to the light. That wisdom is very important. To walk in wisdom. Today's message is a call for you that you need to choose the path that you have to follow. Is it the path that God will look at you and say, Yes, this is my beloved son, this is my beloved daughter? This message has shown you what I will read from the book of Micah 6, verse 8. He has shown you. O mortal, what is good? And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humble with your God. That is what God wants from you. And God has promised in the book of Leviticus that, I, that's Leviticus 26 verse 12 say, I will walk along with you and be your God and you will be my people. If you want this to happen in your life, you need to walk in unity. You need to walk as a new man. You need to walk in love. You need to walk in light. And you need to walk in wisdom of God. And finally, we are studying the book of Galatians at the moment. Galatians 5, 16 says, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desire of the flesh. I want you to talk to God. God, Enoch walk with you. I want to walk with you. Talk to God. Grant me your spirit that will make me to walk in your path. Let your Holy Spirit rule my life so that I can walk in your light. Talk to God. The message has been passed across. It is now you have to take that wise decision. In all that you do, talk to God, Lord, I want to walk with you. In all my decisions, I want to walk with you. In, in all my utterances, I want to walk with you. In all my acts, I want to walk with you, Lord. Let your Holy Spirit continue to lead me. Let your Holy Spirit continue to guide me. When the Holy Spirit guides you, you will always... All, Always remain in that path of righteousness. And God will lead you. And your style of walking will proclaim the spirit of God to the world in you. I pray whatever commitment you have made right now, that God will perfect it for you in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray that this message that you have heard today, it will be fruitful in your life in the mighty name of Jesus. 
I pray that God Almighty, who has sent this message, we keep reminding you that you have to walk in style that is acceptable to God in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray for your son that you have used for all this day, more anointing in Jesus' name. We pray that God continue to bless him spiritually and physically so that we can hear more from him in the mighty name of Jesus. Bless him, bless his family, bless his, the work of his hand in the mighty name of Jesus. Bless everyone that have heard this message today in the mighty name of Jesus. And I pray as you go into the, the new week, the heaven will arise and shine the light in you and you continue to walk in the righteous path in the mighty name of Jesus. From today, you will operate under the directive, direction of God in the mighty name of Jesus. Everything that devil might have done to take you away from his path, that God Almighty will, will, will destroy it in the mighty name of Jesus. The foundation that God is laying in your heart and in your life today shall keep you in the right path to walk in the style that is acceptable to the Lord in the mighty name of Jesus. May you receive power to walk in his light in the mighty name of Jesus. Blessed be your holy name, Lord. Father, as we go into the new week, we pray that your presence shall go with us in Jesus' name. Thank you, almighty God. Lord, we pray for the nation of Nigeria. Next week is the election. We pray that you will take control in the mighty name of Jesus. Every plans of Satan concerning that election, Father, we nullify it in the mighty name of Jesus. Your peace will reign in that nation and the rest of the nation of the world in Jesus' name. I use Nigeria as point of contact for every nation that the peace of God shall reign in Jesus' name. Thank you, almighty God. Blessed be your holy name, Lord. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Let us be on our feet as we share the grace together in fellowship. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, God goodness and mercy shall follow us forever and ever. Amen. And we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen.